0: Welcome to the What's Good Dough Podcast, and get ready to level up. But before we continue with the show, I want to introduce you to my two show sponsors, Uni Pizza Ovens and Cordo Olive Oil. They are a huge reason why the show has gotten so much better, and why my pizza making has gotten exceptionally better. Take Uni for example. Before I had them in my life, I was making pizza out of my home oven. Now I'm not saying you can't make great pizza in your home oven, but you have so many limitations. Just take a look at my Instagram, especially the earlier stuff where my electric broiler just wasn't doing the trick. Today, I only use Uni to crank out the pies that I make and love and would be proud to sell. If you're looking to get an oven, I'd greatly appreciate it if you use the link in my show notes. It's my affiliate link and any commissions earned there will help me raise money for various nonprofits. The other reason my pizza is so much better is because of my second sponsor, Cordo Olive Oil. If you're like me, you've seen goat pizza makers drizzle a bit of olive oil to finesse their pies. So when I saw that, I said, hey, let me try it too. But when I did, I hated it. My pizzas always left me feeling nasty with a greasy taste in my mouth. It was kind of bitter too. It wasn't until I got educated and learned about the difference between commodity oil and cordo's fresh squeeze olive oil. Since then, I've switched to using them exclusively and a drizzle of cordo olive oil post-bake is everything. It adds that extra umph, it gives it a freshness flavor, and really, it makes every bite so much more delicious. If you're still unsure, You can try Cordo yourself. If you're a pizza operator, they'll give you a free tasting. And if you're a home baker like me, no worries. They can offer you a tasting for a nominal fee. But trust me, it's worth it to know the difference. Use the link in the show notes to learn more. Thank you so much for listening to my show sponsors and supporting this podcast.
1: You know, the reels is is to uh account for a lot of that growth obviously like i mean uh, one's got like one point something million on it
0: that was my friend matt harrison from pizza yolo harry on instagram and it's your boy i drift and you're listening to the what's good dough podcast whether it's dough business or life my guests and i are always talking about ways we can level up Today, you're going to hear from someone who just started making pizza in early 2021, but don't let that fool you. Matt is committed to the craft and he has a lot to share. You're going to want to pay attention to two things, Matt's devotion to sourdough and his insane growth on Instagram Reels. If you're looking to learn about both, feel free to listen to the whole thing. And if not, there are timestamps in the description so that you can jump around to the topics that matter to you most sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember to always ask, what's good dough? All right, what's up, what's up? I am joined today with Matt of Pizza Yolo Harry. What's good dough?
1: <laughs> Everything's good. Um, after that, I'm making pizza later today, so that's what's good dough. Um, you know, if you're asking me what's great dough, I'd say sourdough, long, cold fermentation, sourdough. I think that's, that's great though. But what's good though is I'm making pizza tonight for Katie and I. So that's, what's good though.
0: I love it. I'm going to have pizza today, but I'm not going to be making it. I'm going to go out and do some pizza crawling, uh, in a nearby city, but I like how you spun it on me and said, what's well, great though. I've never heard that before.
1: Yeah. I've been thinking about that <laughs> how I would answer it, but <laughs> why sourdough? That's a good question. So, me, sourdough, I, you know, I saw everyone doing it online and I had never, I always thought it was kind of some big, big scary kind of thing to try to get into because I was making normal, normal used doughs and whatnot. And, and I saw other people like Christy and Mike and them doing it. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I might as well give this a try. So, I, <laughs> I started to make a starter from scratch. Um, yeah, it took me forever. It was cold. I didn't understand it and but I I got it going. And um yeah, and I, I just kind of I was I was searching for like a certain flavor and I just wasn't really getting it with yeast doughs, you know, like I it's hard to explain and and anyways, I got my starter going and Yeah. And I made that first pizza and I had this moment, like, just like, oh my God, this is, this is what I'm searching for. Like, this is the flavor I'm going for with sourdough. And ever since then, I haven't made a, (laughs) I haven't made one yeasted dough, you know, like I can't, I can't even remember the last time, like might've been April, May. Uh, I've been, so yeah, I've been doing sourdough ever since multiple times a week, you know, just, just constantly. And I eat a lot of pizza, obviously. I'm sure you do too, you know, like, yeah, like I'm eating it at least once a week, sometimes more, you know? So like if I have something from like a chain or like Domino's, I just feel like, I feel like crap. Right? <laughs> I'll eat like a whole large to myself. No problem. Like it's, you know, I love pizza, so, so that's sourdough, like I'd have it and I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel like crap after, you know, my, my stomach would feel good, you know? And that was kind of the the main, main reason for it. And the more I, the more I dove into it, the more more, I kind of just became obsessed with it and different, different flowers and your starter and hydrations and techniques. And I just, I, yeah, I just kind of went head first. I've kind of always been, um, always been that kind of personality. That's, I don't know if obsessive is the right word, but I definitely, uh, I get into things and I, I get into them heavy. You know what I mean? Matter, matter what it is. (laughs) If I, if I'm into something, I'm into it, you know,
0: that's really cool. I, maybe you can help me and some of the listeners because um, I have actually never been successful in starting my own sourdough. I started my sourdough through uh, Scott Wiener. Actually, sorry, let me correct myself. In college, I started a sourdough by myself. Uh, It was through a chem class and they made us grow our own culture. And I followed their step-by-step process and but I, I threw away the instructions. Maybe there's a blog out there that maybe. is I drift sourdough journey <laughs> on WordPress. Um, but then in the pandemic, maybe you'll find it. If you find it, let me know. But on uh, during the pandemic, I started my own starter with, through Scott Wiener's IG story, and I followed it to the T. And I was unsuccessful. And so my my current starter was actually a gift from someone else. And it seemed like you had some trouble getting your starter going at first, because uh, due to the cold. But how did you end up getting it to the point where you were able to bake with it?
1: A lot of it was was consistency. So my house right now, like it's it's cold. It's the middle of winter. It's minus twenty outside, blowing snow. Um, <laughs> I got I got thinner walls in my house, so it's it's chilly. And the big thing for me was, and I, you know, I'd, I'd read different books, you know, use all like hundred percent whole wheat, you know, 50 unbleached or, you know, 50 unbleached, 50 whole wheat, all that kind of different stuff and the temperature and trying to keep it warm and multiple feedings and stuff. But the big thing for me was, and what I kept hearing over and over again was to just stick with it. Like it'll happen, just stick with it. So I just, I, two months or no, month, month and a half ish. It took me to finally get it going. And I I had no clue what I was doing, but the big thing was I stuck with it and I started to do two feedings a day, no matter how much it rose, I did two feedings a day. And that was kind of the the thing that, that kicked it off. And once it was going, it was going like in the summer and it it warmed up eventually in spring and summer came around and I could feed that thing like three, four times a day. It is, it's really hot and humid here in the summer and it is, it's strong it's it's going good now. So I'm, I'm really, really happy with how it is now. And I've kind of got it nailed down, you know, taking it out of the fridge and, and all that sort of stuff. But the big two things for me was consistency and that kind of two feedings a day to get it going. That's what really got it going.
0: Ah, okay. So that's, that is a dedication and commitment to your culture. Do you ever take breaks from feeding it or do you basically keep it on the shelf? I mean, or your counter all day, every day?
1: I, I keep it in the fridge. I, I do, but I okay. do take it out and I feed it twice a week. So there has been a couple of times where I've let it go longer than that, but I'd say 95% of the time I take it out. Usually I'm making dough, depends what kind of style pizza I'm doing or how long I want to ferment it for. But usually I feed it Tuesdays and Thursdays or Fridays, depending on what I'm doing. If I'm baking bread, maybe, but yeah, I'll, I'll take it out and you know one thing that i found too is the longer i left it in the fridge the more sour it got so and i didn't like it being too sour i'm a little bit particular particular with it and i've been doing lots of reading and research as to why and the bacteria and stuff with it but you know what one thing i came across was the more frequently you feed it and kind of the less it sits there longer the less sour it will be it'll kind of have more of that i like to say milky some people say yogurty kind of flavor but that's kind of what I'm going for with my, my sourdough. And that's what I really like. So I'll feed it, you know, before I bake, like say Tuesday, I'll take it out the night before I'll feed it before work and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, feed it maybe Tuesday night or Tuesday when I get home and then I'll make dough in the evening. I like to do a couple feedings before I actually use that, that starter. And I find it cuts down a little bit on that, that tanginess, that, that sourness. I like a little bit, but not
0: too much. A couple feedings outside of the fridge like what as soon as you like i guess revive it or refresh it what's what what word do you use there
1: <laughs> i don't know i don't know what the term is but <laughs> okay. like I, i'll let it warm up so like say it's in the fridge i keep an eye on it when it's in the fridge so I'll, I'll notice it rising in the fridge and it it doesn't usually hit um i got you know markers on the side of my jar so it starts around 8 and it'll usually get up to 20 ounces in the jar um so it it'll usually get up to like 16 and once i see it peak there it, I usually got two days before I'll say, okay, I'm going to feed this thing. And what I'll do is I'll let it sit out and I'll let it warm up completely. It usually has a bit of a second rise to it. And then I'll actually start to feed it to use it in my my sourdough. And when I do that, it kind of cuts down on that acidity, uh, sorry, excuse me, acidity when I'm using it a couple of times. You know, I'm no like expert on it, obviously, but how how I've kind of came across doing my, or the approach I've taken with doing my dough is I don't, I don't like to follow recipes as much. I mean, maybe I'm just stubborn or I don't I don't know what it is, but I like to experiment and I love to to test it out for myself. So like I'll see someone do something or a trick or maybe a different process to develop gluten or whatever and I'll say, hey, I'll do that and I'll I'll test it out, you know, and I'll I'll just try different things. Like I love experimenting with it. And I yeah, like I said, I don't necessarily follow recipes too much. I mean my my climate, I got two extremes, right? It's either hot and humid, or it's freezing cold and dry, like it's all over the map. So I feel like, you know, doing it myself and trying to figure it out and feel how that feel with that dough, you know, that feeling, that look, that smell, smell is a big one for me. You can usually kind of smell that tanginess, that sourness. So if I take a whiff of my starter, and I'm like, you know what, this is a little bit too much for me. I'll feed it a couple more times before I use it.
0: I love what you said there um, because one of the pet peeve questions that I get from like bakers who are less experienced than I am because I'm not all that experienced, but I I see it especially in like the uni Facebook group that you and I are in or like, you know, just random questions on Instagram. How do you make that? What's the recipe? But like your recipe for dough and the timings for it are going to be completely different from from uh the way i do it because you're over there in in canada freezing sometimes and i'm over here you know on a on a nice 50 degrees in the winter time, the winter <laughs> time. yeah it must be nice um but such a, such a great point do you notice that your sourdough culture smells a certain way prior to peak at peak and then post peak
1: i i don't smell it actually um when i first mix it and while it's going so i'm i'm just usually I'm busy. I'm at work, you know, I'm doing other stuff. I'm not paying that close attention to it. But when I do notice the volume, like I know roughly where it'll be on the jar when it peaks. So that's when I'll start to give it a smell. And when it peaks, it's generally got that kind of more milkier kind of smell. And then post-peak, when it starts to drop, you'll start to notice that hint of acidity kind of smell Mm. coming into it. Once I kind of get that acidity smell, it's usually when it starts to drop.
0: Okay. So do you think that, um, do you use the same feeding amounts each time then because you mainly really rely on volume?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. So I always do, um, 50 grams mother starter. I do 50 grams whole wheat. I do whole wheat bread flour. Actually, I notice a lot of people use all purpose. Uh, Mm -hmm. I like to do whole wheat bread flour and unbleached bread flour, 50 grams. So 50 grams of each, and then a hundred grams of water. Usually around 90 Fahrenheit. I'm pretty good on the tap now. I can kind of get that feeling when it's close to 90. <laughs> I used to measure it every single time and I was driving myself nuts, but I'm kind of good with the, you know, the touch sense there, but that's what I do every single time. So I'm, I'm very consistent with it and I watch it. Like I watch it. Sometimes I let it sit out longer just to see what happens, see how it smells. Other times life gets in the way, you know, and then you know, it goes up, it drops all the way. It kind of gets that that liquid on top and I'll give it a smell and see what does it smell like at this point in time. You know, like some other stuff I did when I first started sourdough is I was really worried about overproofing because it was starting to get into the summer once my starter kicked up and I was really worried about it overproofing. Mm-hmm. So I'd heard, you know, when it overproofs, it gets really sticky and it tears really easy because of the acids in there. So one thing yeah. is I did is I just, I made an extra dough ball one day and I just let it sit out for hours, like just to see what would happen. And I let it sit out for an extra five hours. I want to say it was a hot day. It was like 30 degrees Celsius. And I let it just sit there and see what happens. See when it rise, see when it started to fall. And then once it started to fall, I was like, okay, hey, it's definitely overproofed. And I stretched it out just to see what it would feel like. And I feel like that's a lot of, you know, I feel like that's a good way of, of me learning through experience rather than. And through uh, recipes, and like kind of, kind of going back to that is, I don't, I, I listening, I've listened to a lot of episodes, as you know, and kind of, you know, like one thing I picked up on, and something I don't really have experience in is working in a pizzeria. But you know, all those people talking and working in the pizzerias, they say experience. You know, when you do that, hundreds of times a day, every single day, you know, seven days a week, you get that experience, and I feel like. Following recipes, you don't necessarily get that hands-on kind of sense to it. So I'm trying to do it as much as I can. You know, I do it as a hobby, but I'm making pizza twice a week and I'm not wanting to follow the recipes. I'm wanting to feel it. I'm wanting to get those reps in to make the mistakes. Right. So that's what I'm trying to do to improve rather than following recipes. I do get people ask me all the time, what's my recipe? And I'll send them, you know, I have it in my notes and I'll send them different recipes or whatever. Um, and just say, you know, hey, like experiment, you know, try it, leave some dough out and see what happens to it, you
0: know? I like that. I, I, I actually really love that a lot because you're right, you know, listening to this podcast isn't going to make you a better pizza maker, but taking the lessons here and applying it and figuring it out for yourself will, um, so, just going back to that whole like letting it rise for or overproofing after five hours when you stretched it, did it end up ripping?
1: It did only because i like I pushed it so i I was careful with it you know i I stretched it out i th- I think I ended up like tossing it or flipping it or something and that's when it ripped, but I was able to feel you know like how sticky it was. I needed to add extra semolina and flour to it so it wasn't sticking to my fingertips and you know, how that air pushed to the crust and stuff. It was different. You know what I mean? It was, it was very different and compared to what it was three or four hours ago. Yeah. I, that's kind of, I like to learn through experience, you know, hands on it's, it's definitely the way to go. And maybe it's just kind of how I am. I like to apply principles rather than following something by the book.
0: Yeah. That's, that's great. Like I was thinking of this, like, as you were talking about it. it, it seems like that's, that's a very, uh, like, have you heard of first principles before? It's like a lot of things that they just get to the the basis or the foundation of things. And they kind of just like, it's a lot of just learning what the foundations are by experiments, experimenting yourself and figuring it out and then building off of that knowledge. Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, that's, that's a great way of approaching pizza. Yeah. There's like
1: kind of going back to when I first started making, making dough and making pizzas, I felt like I had too much information and no kind of experience you know what i mean i would read things don't put sugar in the dough don't put oil in the dough do this high hydration do low hydration i'm like what's hydration i'm going through all these different things and i'm like you know what this is i'm just gonna do it like yeah for the first few times i made a yeasted dough i just i put a pinch of yeast in some water i mixed some water together and i mixed it with flour i didn't measure a single thing i put a couple pinches of salt through a couple glugs of olive oil and I just would make it my my home oven. Like that's what I did at the start. Cause I was like, this is I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna dive into it and try it. Like, what's the worst? And I did more research. I learned about hydration. I learned about baker's percentages. I learned about sourdough. And then I just, yeah, I kind of went, oh, I got super obsessed with it. (laughs) I guess that's why I'm here, right?
0: Yeah. No, no, that's great. I'm glad. Um it's definitely easy to get overwhelmed when you're first getting started. And I think it's, um, it's a fair time to ask like how, and and when did you, and why did you get started?
1: Like I've, I've always loved pizza. I mean, you know, I eat a full large by myself, like I said earlier. So, <laughs> yeah, I was always eating pizza. Like, if you go on my page, there's a a picture of me when I was seven. It was my first pizza I ever made. It was at uh, a pizza hotline. My cousin's uncle owned the place, and it was one of their birthday parties. I was like six or seven years old. There's this picture of me reaching up into the oven, putting the pizza in. It was just, it's a moment that's like stay with me forever. And I just, I eat pizza every every week, every Friday. And, like, why I got into the Instagram thing was, like, I was just sitting there one day and talking to Katie, my fiance, and was like, you know, I should, like, I should just, like, take some pictures of these and post them online. And, like, I wasn't – this is at the point where I was just throwing flour and water and yeast together and seeing what happened. I was like, I might as well do it. I mean, like, I'd see pizzas online and and especially the Neapolitan ones, I would say, I want to try and make that pizza. Like, that looks really good to me. And, and I was like, you know, I'm going to start taking pictures of my pizza and getting involved in the community and stuff like that. And I was a little bit hesitant at first to do it, but Katie was the one that really kind of not pushed me to do it, but encouraged me and said, you know, Hey, like you love doing it. Like why, why not? I just started posting my pizzas. They're not great. You can see them scroll all the way to the end. They're not awesome, but they were, they tasted good and it was fun. Like the main reason I did it is because I love it and it's fun. Like that's, that's why I do it. If it's not fun, I'm not doing it. Like I love making pizzas. I love researching the dough and trying new things and experimenting. Like I just, I love it. And you know, it's fun to engage with people. Like I, I came across your podcast. I told you how I found it. You know, like I just Googled pizza podcasts because I wanted to, I wanted to learn more and, and kind of be more involved. And yeah, I just, it's fun. And that's the main reason I got into it. And I think pizza should be fun. Like I get messages or not messages, comments. You know, some people, they love to tell me my pizzas are burnt and whatever. It doesn't really bug me. It's, it's funny. Like I love char on my pizza. I love it. I love that char flavor. I've that's always good. have. And Katie loves it. She loves it more than me. I mean, if I don't, I would call her pizzas that she likes. I'd call them burnt. Like <laughs> that's, that's what she likes, but
0: <laughs>
1: I, I do. I make pizzas. I like, like they're not too fancy. I've been really into coal fired lately. Um, Yeah. But Yeah. It's just, it's fun. Like, that's why I'm sure you have fun doing it. I'm sure that's why you do the podcast, you know, like it's, it's fun to be involved.
0: I I, I really do love it. It sparks a lot of joy. Last night um, I was hanging out with a few friends and, you know, all I could talk about was pizza. Cause I just love it so much, and I, maybe it's like weird in a, in an obsessed way that I can no longer talk about anything else. No,
1: <laughs> we're hanging out with Katie's parents or her friends, and she's like nudging me, like, "Okay, it's you know, it's it's time to stop, stop talking about it, <laughs> like you know, like you don't need to talk about it. No one cares about your dough anymore. Like that's it. Like <laughs>
0: uh, let me uh let me like say I don't start the conversation by saying, "Hey, did you see my last pizza? You know, they no- they're normally like the ones to bring it up first
1: you know first. yeah yeah usually uh-huh. usually if they ask me how the pizza is and I'm like yeah it's good and then they just open up a rab- deep rabbit hole
0: it's, <laughs> it's like you shouldn't have asked me
1: <laughs> you asked for it <laughs> exactly exactly
0: <laughs> well I'm, I'm sure they see your obsession and growth on Instagram and do they ever ask you if you want to open a pizzeria because I get that all the time
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I've asked you that actually way, way back in the past, but yeah, some, some people do. And I, I don't want to open a pizzeria. No, I, I have an awesome career. I I love my job. Um, I work in the engineering field, um, and it's, it's something I'm, I'm quite passionate about and something I've, it's been nine years I've been working towards, uh, getting my, my final designation there. So, um, no, a pizzeria is not, not in the plans for me, but, as far as goals and and what I want to do with it, I'm I, I ask myself all the time, like what what do I want to do with this? Like it's kind of starting to grow and take off and stuff. So as far as goals go, like I ask myself this all the time, and I never have a good answer for it. I asked Katie. I was asking her parents last night, like like what do what should I do? Like I'm it's starting to kind of grow a little bit and pick up pace, and I ask myself that all the time, and I think as far as what I want to do with it is, is, you know, I, have been talking about how I love experimenting and I love, you know, trial and error and figuring it out myself, you know, feeling the dough and stuff. And I've kind of been working on a lot of developing my own recipes and stuff. And I think maybe having, um, you know, like a collective, like a compilation of all my recipes over time, you know, gradually kind of doing that. I think, you know, as as far as hard measurable goals Uh, i'm an engineer so i always got to have those hard measurable goals you know like a a finite okay i did it (laughs) like i think um i just started making youtube videos and stuff and i that's i love it it's it's so fun it's challenging it's it's difficult Uh, i hate hearing my voice all the time (laughs) on camera after i don't know how you do podcasts but (laughs) yeah like as far as measurable goals i think i want to maybe have like a x amount of videos done by the end of the year maybe like five or something like that by by this time next year or something like that i think and and quality videos like informative to to help people you know get into the sourdough because it's it's not as scary as as it as it seems and it's it's yeah i think it's easier than dry yeast to be honest long term i think would be to have a compilation of all recipes and stuff i've developed like i'm working right now on I keep mentioning it in my post, a five day sourdough recipe, and I've been working at it, working at it right now. It's a post-it note on my fridge. <laughs> so like, I've, I've been really working on that one hard. And I think I'm going to do a video at some point on how I do that. And, Cause it's different. So like when I'm doing a, it's kind of coal-fired Neapolitan style dough, but you know, that recipe more or less the same quantities as, you know, 72 hour, 48 hour dough, but like the steps, the process of how I do it is quite a bit different. And I, c- I guess I can elaborate Please. that on that. So like it's going to sit there a long time. So it's going to get, uh, it's going to have a pretty good tang to it. And I don't want it to get too tangy. So, you know, I'll do a, a shorter bulk ferment. I'll do a lower hydration. Uh, so I, for that one, I do, uh, I think I do a 58. Percent water, I think is what it is. I have to check my sticky note on the fridge, but 58% water. I cut that down on the Levain a bit, 11, however you pronounce it. Um, I think the total hydration is like 60, 61, 62 ish. And like, I'll, uh, what I'll do for that one is nothing fancy. Like I'll pretty much just mix everything together, let it sit 25 degrees Celsius oven with the light on. Usually I use my, um, infrared thermometer. To measure the temperature and i'll let that sit for three hours like only three hours i'll ball it and it sticks in the fridge till it's done like that's kind of a no fuss sort of a thing but if i'm doing you know a 72 hour dough that one's not going to sit there as much it's not going to get as tangy you know you can mess around a little bit with those higher hydrations i find Uh, it's got a different amount of of leaven in it and yeah so like maybe I'll do stretch and folds for that one rather than just so for the five day sourdough, I kind of need it for about 10 minutes, either a mixer or hand. Um, but with a 72 hour dough, I'll do stretch and folds, you know, I'll kind of mess around with it a little bit. I'll do a longer bulk ferment, um, to kind of help it get along. So yeah, like there's, there's different aspects and, and things that I like to mess around with and play around with and, and see how that impacts the dough. You know, I, I used to keep a journal. I call it my, my sourdough diary. <laughs> um, but I, I've, I've lost it since, so it kind of sucks, but I used to, I used to, you know, measure the temperature every single hour. And I would, one thing I would always do, if you, you know, little tip, if you're measuring the temperature of it, a lot of times people measure it before they start doing it, before they do stretch and folds or, or whatever. But I always measure it after because the interior dough temperature is going to be different than the outside. uh, the interior dough temperature is going to be different than the exterior. So if you measure it before, you'll notice the outside, that skin of that dough is usually a little bit warmer than what's inside. That's something I, I kind of uh, do as well. But yeah. Like I used to measure the temperature like crazy. And that's part of the process of how I, I learned and I've started to grow and, and get better at doing it. Um, I mean, you don't have to do that. Obviously it's just. I'm a bit of a stickler for the details. Like I tell you that I have a scale that goes to 0.00 grams. <laughs> <laughs> like yes. I measure stuff out, like, you know, I'm, I'm very particular in stuff. So that's why I track the temperature much, but now I, I don't do it as much. Like I I'll check it periodically. Like I got some dough sitting out right now for after, and it's probably a little bit warmer than it should be, but Yeah. No, I like to I like to mess around and and change the stuff up.
0: What do you hope to achieve in terms of flavor uh from a 3-day sourdough to a 5-day?
1: Usually when I'm doing a 72-hour, 48-hour, 24-hour, I'm usually doing a coal-fired pizza. If I'm hitting that 5-day dome or 5-day fermentation mark, I'm usually doing a Neapolitan style. So, with Neapolitan style you know, the quality of the ingredients and stuff is quite important. Um, and you know, I know that, I know the AVPN rules and stuff like that. And five days is way, way too long for that, but it's just, it's how I like to do it. Right. Um, so usually when I'm doing a five day dough, it's for a Neapolitan style. So I'm doing like a marinara, a margarita, uh, something very simple where that, that flavor of that dough. So it's going to be a little more tangy. I know I was saying earlier, I like that milkier flavor. So that's why I stick with, with the, uh, coal and stuff so i normally do but it's going to be tangier and it's going to stand out more so like you're going to have your san marzano tomatoes your your fresh mozzarella um it's going to be a little more minimal and that dough flavor really kind of stands out and kind of takes a pizza from you know just kind of like a, a standard kind of pizza it really elevates it um and physical appearance wise i find uh it it, it does get better leoparding the longer you let it sit obviously um I'm not a huge, huge fan of leoparding. Uh, it looks awesome. It looks super cool and it's, it's a good feeling when you get it. But as far as flavor and stuff goes, I don't think it really adds too much, but I do like a five day sourdough for a Neapolitan style with kind of minimal toppings and stuff like
0: that. You mentioned earlier, sourdough is easier than yeast. How so?
1: Easier might not be the better word. It is easier if you understand how it reacts to the temperatures. So a yeasted dough, like you put that thing in the fridge. Once that yeast gets going, it's going, and you know you can say it goes a day or two extra. It can it can turn into a balloon, right? <laughs> like it gets it gets huge. So with sourdough, like it's it's very it changes a lot with temperature. So you put that in the fridge; it can sit there for a good amount of time, and the amount of of leaven that you put in there, it doesn't it affects it, but it doesn't affect it as much as if you know, say it was dry yeast. So that's kind of where I'm coming from when I say that. So like if I did a five day yeasted dough, I, I, I've never tried it, but I've let stuff go four days with a yeasted dough, I think once before, and it was, it just, it got huge, right? Like I sure you can punch it down and reball it and stuff like that, but I find sourdough it's, if you can control the temperature and the environment, I guess, which is a little bit more challenging, but if you can control that temperature and environment and understand, um, how that works, I think you can, you can get a much better product for my bulk fermentation. I like to ferment my dough at 25 degrees Celsius, like give or take, right? A little bit. So what I'll do, and part of the reason I do do that is because it's so hot in the summer here and so cold in the winter. Um, I find it's a good way to kind of balance between the two. So in the summer, if I leave it on the counter, it's, it's going to be like 23, 24 degrees in my house. It's going to be warm. I can put it closer to the wall. It'll be, it'll be warmer. In the winter here, I'll put it in my oven with the light on and I'll just kind of monitor the temperature every free few, every few hours. Sorry. So that way I kind of keep it at 25 degrees Celsius. It's not really hard to do, but it makes the dough really predictable, right? So I'll keep that my fridge. Your fridges are pretty much, you know, two, three, four degrees, depending on where you, where you keep it. And that doesn't really change much. Like I use my fridge downstairs. I think it's the beer fridge. So <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's there full of beer and full of pizza dough. Right. <laughs> so like if you can control that temperature and you, <laughs> and you can watch how, how, how it behaves to that temperature, it's, it's super simple. And like keeping it bulk fermenting it in the oven with the light on, isn't it's not hard to do, right? It's something anybody could do. You don't need to have like a broad and Taylor bread proofer or anything like that, as much as I would like one. But
0: when I was doing yeasted doughs, I was only trying to use the smallest amount of yeast as little as possible so that I can push out my fermentation. But I feel like with sourdough now, Like you said, get the bulk done, do some stretch and folds and you're putting it in the fridge and you're chilling and you can kind of just have, you can buy yourself time.
1: Yeah. You get a little bit of wiggle room with it.
0: Yeah. That's well said. Well said. And then I think, you know, you had mentioned uh, to me in the past that you are a very active person. You did some rugby and part of the reason why you did sourdough was for the health reasons too. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know, um, too much, you know, (laughs) biology is not my, my kind of thing, but as far (laughs) as, as far as like the health goes, like I'm, I'm fairly active, you know, like I, I exercise quite a bit, you know, like five, six, seven days a week. And by that, I mean, like I got a little home gym downstairs with some dumbbells and elliptical, but I, 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 it makes me feel better. I don't feel, I don't feel as crappy. I don't, I'm, like i said i eat a lot of pizza i'm definitely not like packing on the pounds or anything <laughs> so like it, it it helps you know like using that it's naturally leavened it's got that lab in there that lactic acid bacteria It it just makes it more digestible and you you feel better eating it and like if me and you were eating lots of pies it's it's good you know and like i have told you this before but you know, when I'm on the elliptical, that's kind of my, I call it my networking time. Like I'm, that's what I'm doing. My Instagram stuff usually like <laughs> I'm going, I'm hammering away on that thing, just dripping sweat and I'm, you know, and replying the comments or, <laughs> or doing whatever. I, I put po- my post this morning. I was on the elliptical, you know, I think was going off nice. and I'm typing away at my caption and yeah, like, I feel like sourdough, it's, it's easier to stay in better shape. If I'm eating as much pizza as I'm eating, it's, it helps being sourdough.
0: Before we get onto your Instagram comments and growth, I actually wanted to just say that uh, the reason why I fully committed to sourdough, I think back in September, was I was talking to Mike from Rose Hill, and he was like, dude, if you eat sourdough pizza, you can eat more pizza without getting a gut. And I was like, tell me more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But he basically said that, like, the reason for this is because your sourdough, your culture is actually breaking down all that sugar in the dough for you. And so your stomach has less work to do and it's easier for that digestion. So it's not like getting stuck in there. Again, neither of us are biology majors.
1: No, that makes sense, though. That makes sense. And I'm like, if anybody listening knows of a good book on this sort of thing, please let me know. Like I'm, I want to dive like deep into the, into the science of it. I've been watching lots of YouTube videos and stuff on it. So anyone knows of a good book, let me know.
0: What, what other resources have you uh, been looking at? Because you said you were kind of nerding out on it before other than YouTube. Is there anything else that you recommend for people to, to learn more?
1: Yeah. Starting out, I, I absolutely love, uh, Mike with Rosso Sourdough's eBooks. I have both of them, and I refer to them very, very regularly. They have like awesome, awesome Same. recipes if you're starting out, and I, I, don't really, I message them here or there, and I don't really, um, don't really know him too well. But I've listened to his episode <laughs> on the podcast eight times. I've, I, I'm, if he's listening, I'm not a stalker. I swear. I just, I like the episode. I like the episode. I listen to it all the time, and like. Yeah, his ebooks are absolutely awesome. There's tons. He's got the two, the pizza one and the baking one. Yeah. They're both awesome and yeah. you know, I I feel like the Excellent. his baking ebook really helps. He talks about bread. So if you're doing pan pizzas, you want that higher hydration stuff. There's tons of good info in there for you.
0: Great. Perfect. Uh I th- I don't know if the code still works, but use code WGD at checkout and get $2 off maybe. So check that out it's a great freaking book i use it all the time shout out to mike thank you for making that thing i think now is a fair time to talk about your instagram growth because this is insane <laughs> oh, like it's like you you have just grown so much on ig and and everyone wants to know how <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: and like i got no idea i mean I got like some theories, obviously, but you know, you, you there's some luck to it. Anyone who says they figured out the you know the algorithms or whatever, you know, they're lying. They got no clue what they're talking about. <laughs> I see that everywhere. Everyone's like, oh, "I figured this out," and I'm like, "Ah, okay, whatever." <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, it it is fluke. Like, obviously, it's a little bit of luck, but you know, I've got some some different ideas. Like, you know, the reels is is to uh account for a lot of that growth obviously like i mean the one's got like one point something million on it i don't i don't know how much i don't look at it too much to be honest but yeah like you know there's different things you can post on instagram Um, so there's like the pictures the reels they have igtv i haven't used that Uh, i use youtube instead of that but like yeah so like i said reels attributed to to a lot of that growth and majority of people following the page you know they're private accounts so I'm assuming that they're pizza lovers and home bakers so I assume that's why they follow um but yeah so like the approach I guess the only thing I can really say is the approach I take to reels I guess and I, something's working so I guess uh, you know take it with a grain of salt so I don't know for sure but like when I'm posting a reel it's it's just kind of it's usually, it's the same clip. I'm sure everyone's seen them, you know, I'm just pulling a pizza out of the oven. It's hot and it's steaming. So I'm trying to keep it short, like, you know, less than 10 seconds and kind of that, that first one that took off, you know, it was, uh, it was back when TikTok kind of exploded and I was like, Oh, like what? I didn't have the app. I was, (laughs) I just heard about it everywhere. And, and I, I noticed Instagram introduced this reels feature and I was like, Oh, I should, you know, give this a try and, and stuff like that. And I didn't really know what to post. So I just posted like this short little, uh, this video I was at the, it was, it's a terrible video, but uh, at least I think it's not very good, but it's just me pulling a pizza out, uh, of my carry 12 at the lake. Like it's raining. You can hear like ding, 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 tin on the roof or sorry, rain on the tin roof. And Katie's mom's in the background yelling, (laughs) yelling, just going like, Oh, or just making some noise or something. Um, but like you take that thing out and it's just hot and steaming and it it looks appetizing, you know what I mean? So, so when I'm, I'm doing these reels, like I'm looking for something short, so less than 10 seconds, uh, it's, it's usually just me pulling the pizza out of the oven and something where, you know, someone who's it, if it's coming across on their for you page or something like that, they're like, Oh, that looks good. Like, Hey, I should show this to, you know, my partner or send this to my friend or, or whoever. And that's kind of the approach I take with it. Like, you know, no one, at least I have TikTok now, obviously, uh, like if I'm scrolling on there, if something's more than like that 10 second mark, there's no way I'm watching it. I'm just moving on. You know what I mean? If something's short and it's funny and it captures my attention, you know, I'll like, I'll follow whatever. So that's kind of like what I'm doing with is something short, catch their attention and, you know, hopefully they they like it and they go check out check out more and like and i don't i don't post them all the time like i do like one a week one every couple of weeks maybe a reel i like i love posting pictures i love pictures cuz people read the caption and and i can kind of explain maybe i'll have a dough recipe or something i tried or a different topping or combination or something i liked so like if i'm i'm posting a picture i'm usually trying to um highlight something that i found interesting if i'm posting a reel it's usually just something that capture people's attention really it's nothing nothing crazy um and if i'm trying to teach somebody something i've now started to do the youtube videos so i feel like i've you know i'm no no expert but i've gotten enough hands-on experience where i can say hey this is And it's not saying this is how you do something i I, trust me not so someone's like you got to do it this way or you got to do it that way it's just this is how i do it this is what works for me and yeah it's like those those reels yeah it's it's obviously luck but that's my approach to it just something short to catch people's attention i guess
0: super 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 interesting insight
1: so with the reels and stuff like it doesn't happen instantly like that, that first one, it it was like a month later. I don't know what set it off, what happened. But a month later, it just kind of like exploded. I have no idea really what caused it. But yeah, people like the one thing I noticed, like you can check the stats on it and stuff. But the one thing I noticed is lots of people sent it to somebody and lots of people saved it. So I think that was kind of something that plays into it. And I think that's part of it being, this is just my theory katie always says i have stupid theories all the time <laughs> but like my my theory is like it's something short and someone sends to their friend says like hey check out this pizza or like wow we should try and make pizza like this you know that's kind of what i think that's at least what i think's happening i i don't really know
0: that's like the essence of what social media is is like you're sharing stuff with other people and and that's how virality works it's like oh this is good enough for me to share to a friend instagram picks that up share to other people they're like, oh, they're continuing to share it? Let's keep it going. I
1: I like that theory. Yeah, I I don't know if it's actually true or not, but that's that's what I think's happening at least.
0: Did you start reels and then stop? Did is there anyone that you like attribute to getting you started on the reels? Mike, like pizza
1: in the sack, Mike, we've kind of become online online buddies a bit. We you know we we uh we chat all the time but yeah I saw him doing it and he was doing well. And I was like, Oh, I should try this. Like, why not? Like, why not? (laughs) And I was like, well, I I don't know. It's the new, new thing. TikTok's popping off. So like, I I might as well try it. And that, that first one. So it's, it's the one at the lake. There's another one that I posted before then that actually took off like later a little bit, but uh, it's that one at the lake there. And it's just like over top. And I just, I was like, I need, I should try post a reel. So I just stood there and I pulled the pizza out of the oven, filmed it. And I wasn't even going to post it because it, the audio was terrible. Like I said, the roof was just pinging or the rain, sorry, was pinging off the roof. <laughs> His mom was making noise in the background. And I just, yeah, I, I went like a week or something and I didn't, I didn't have any posts. And I'm like, oh, I might as,
0: might as well just post
1: this. And I just kind of blindly posted it. And then it, uh it just kind of went. So it was, it was weird. Yeah.
0: I think there's one thing that you said earlier that like you do get some hate comments. So it's not like (laughs) it's not the best thing in the world to kind of blow up through reels, but I was reading through some of the comments and it's, it's kind of, it's unbelievable (laughs) how many, how many times, like, I think by now I know what the Italian word for burnt is (laughs) because a lot of Italian people (laughs) their comments i just i had to look up the that that word that kept popping up. i think it's like yeah you know
1: what i'm talking about right google translate yeah, you know oh it's about, so right? funny oh yeah. yeah yeah i I can't remember what it is i haven't got one in a while but i remember that like that first one i went and like i got like instantly it was like burnt 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 and i was like
0: oh yeah it was like it
1: kind of hurt me a little <laughs> bit and then after i got like I don't know, like 10 or 12 of them. I thought it was hilarious. So I was like sending screenshots to my friends and, and group chats and they're like laughing. They think it's the funniest thing ever. So now they'll go and they'll comment on my videos. They'll be like, oh man, this pizza is so burnt. And like, they'll comment and say my pizzas are burnt all the time. It's so funny. They love it. They absolutely love it. It's hilarious. One of the funniest ones, someone was like, ah, like you just burnt the living shit out of that pizza, dude. Like I uh, do better. That looks terrible. And I was like, Oh, I can't remember if I replied or not, but I was like, man, like you're right. Yeah. I need to do better. (laughs) And it was fine. Like, it's just like, it's how I like my pizza. Like I said, I like char on it. So I, I get them a little bit charred. I guess just how I, it's how I like it. And I have fun doing it. I enjoy it. Katie likes it. So I'm definitely not like a one to fight with people online. I don't really, I don't really care. Yeah. Like I said at the start, like I do it because it's fun. Yeah. I like making pizzas and I'm going to keep doing it. And if they don't like it that's fine.
0: What do you think is next for the reels? Like, do you think you're going to continue doing the pullout? Cause you know, one thing that you mentioned is like, does it grab their attention? And yeah, pulling a pizza out of an oven does grab attention. Cause it's like, Oh, it's the final moment. You know, it's ready. Um, do you have any other like things that you're trying out? What, what do you do to continue grabbing attention in the future? yeah
1: like that's a that's a good question because i I have noticed i have tried some different things and they haven't done as well um that detroit style pizza i posted oh i love that thing it was awesome like didn't do well whatever i don't really like i'm not in it for for like views and stuff like like i said i do it because it's fun but yeah i i don't know like i've i've done some like I think it's just like a good way to like show the pizza. So I've done some careful not to burn my hands, but putting my phone pretty close up to the pizza in the oven and, and stuff like that. And like, those have also done fine. Like, I think it's, yeah, like I've tried different stuff, like showing the flame lately um, or showing the coals in the oven, stuff like that. Or I've got one, I haven't edited it yet, but you know, making a pizza, on the side, like I press out the dough and stuff like that. And I I do a little toss with it. I've been trying to do that lately. It's hard, but I've been working at it. Um, and like, yeah, doing the slap technique and building a pizza and throwing it in the oven. Like I might do something like that in the near future, but yeah, like I don't, the, the views and, and stuff is nice, but that's not, it's not why I do it. Um, I, I do it cause it is, it is fun. So like I, if something doesn't work out it's not really going to bug me or if it doesn't get any views i don't know i don't <laughs> really care like uh, so if i do that one like make a pizza with me we're making well, at least this is the one i'm going to do i think it was a sauce on top cheese i love doing that it's one of my favorites i do it all the time but me too. yeah so like i at some point in the in the near future, I'm just going to edit that and I'll post it. It'll be longer than my 10-second little pull in the pizza out that gets a bunch of views, but I like I want to do that and I want to edit practice editing videos and and stuff cuz it's fun.
0: What do you use to to edit for people who want to get their hands uh, uh experimenting on reels? I
1: usually film the whole clip of me making the pizza, like I'll throw it into the oven and I'll turn it or sometimes I'll put a hole in it and then the whole thing catches on fire or I'll drop it off camera sometimes. <laughs> but I just I film the whole thing and then I just shorten it quickly. Uh you can crop the length of it on your phone there. So I'll just crop the length of it and and do it that way. But if I'm actually like stitching clips together, I'll do it in in iMovie.
0: You you said that you do you do it for fun, but like why do you choose to post?
1: Like I like helping out if, if I can, if, if I can't help them, I'll just say, you know, like, Hey, I, sorry, I, I, I actually don't know. Or, um, and I'll try and point them in the right direction. Like someone asked me, uh, the other day, like how to, how to get a sourdough starter going. And I didn't, I didn't have like a, I could describe it obviously, but I just, I sent them the link to Christy's video. And I said, Hey, she's got an awesome video on how to get one going. And like, if you're struggling with it, like, let me know, but this is a really good starting point and it can really, really help you out.
0: It sounds like it's about helping others and, and really like kind of what you said in the beginning, it's about the community. And I feel like that's ultimately what brings you and I together is that we both have a huge love for this community and we love contributing to it and, and just pushing pizza forward. I feel like that's, that's the bigger kind of mission, um, for the both of us, it seems, I don't know. Hopefully I'm not speaking for you, but
1: no. And like, I, I it's, it's fun. Like, like I said, it's fun. How many times am I going to say that? Right. Like if, if it, <laughs> like, if it wasn't, like, I wouldn't be doing it. Like the moment it becomes not fun. Like I'm not really going to want to do it anymore. You know, like it's gotta be fun. And I, I do enjoy, um, helping others if they're struggling, like even like my buddies, they'll text me. They'll be like, Hey, my sister-in-law, you know, got a uni. Like she's having trouble launching it. Like, what does she need to do? And I'll, you know, give her some tips or, or whatever and, and help her out. Or someone say, Oh, my, my dough is burning and like, what's, like, what's wrong? The dough questions are hard because you, you need to see the whole process really to understand why or why something isn't happening. But I try to help as best I can. And like, I'm, I'm no expert. Like I've only been doing sourdough since April, May, maybe, but I've been, I've been doing it. Like I'm doing it all the time. You're in it. I'm in it. Like I'm, I'm deep in it. And like, when I first started, I had that flour, uh, flour, water, salt East, I think it's called by Ken Forkish, I want to say. So I was reading that and I, I, one of the few times I followed a recipe to a T tea. And it just, it was a bread recipe and I was like, this, it just didn't, it just didn't work out. And I was like, why am I, why am I following this? He lives in San Francisco. Like <laughs> that's, <laughs> like that's like, like that's just not at all like what the climate's like here, right? Funny. So that was, and that's that so was, real. that was kind of like one point I was like, Phew. and even like with yeasted doughs, I would. I would follow them that they'd be like, need for 10 minutes. I'm like, well, I don't want to need it. I want to do stretch and folds or I want to do like, <laughs> I just kind of do my own thing a
0: lot of the times. Like, Well, that that's what makes you the a better baker. It's just, you know, figuring out what works for you and, and practicing.
1: Yeah. And I really like Mike's, like I I barely, barely messaged Mike at all. Like sometimes I'll send him like a loaf of bread and be like, I made this. It was super good. <laughs> And like, I, I loved his, his baking. So he has the, when his pizza with Rose Hill sourdough ebook came out, I was, I went to, I didn't know he had the baking one. He's like, oh, my ebook's out. And he was promoting, I'm like, oh, I got to get this. Cause like, obviously it's going to be great. So I, I went to go on his website and I just scrolled down and it's like purchase. And I purchased and it was the baking one. So I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. These bread recipes and the cinnamon rolls. And he's like, yeah, that's the wrong, wrong book. <laughs> He's like, no, it's, that's the baking. There's this pizza one. And I was like, what? And then I looked and I'm like, oh,
0: so I got, I got both now, obviously. I need to mess with that book a little bit more. I, I haven't opened it as much as I should.
1: It's awesome. Like I've, I've really gotten into bread lately, like really gotten into bread. And I followed a lot of the principles in his book with the uh, coil folds and stuff. Like I never tried a coil fold. I don't know why. I was just like, yeah I hadn't, I hadn't seen it before. So whatever. And then it was in his book. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to try this. Or I tried his, um, like auto leasing the dough. So like, that's another thing is like with my recipes, I have different like levels depending on how much time I got. So like, if I really want to do one, like I'll do an auto lease and I'll do like a peaked culture and like, so like peak my vein and add the ingredients in a certain way and use certain techniques or, but then like the other, like the five-day sourdough i'm cooking with today i am going to do cold fire with it though so we'll see how it might not turn out but um like that one i just threw everything into a mixer let it sit in the oven for three hours and then that was it and balled it and put it in the fridge like i've got different levels as to depending on how much time i got
0: uh i think it was foolproof baking uh she's a sourdough youtuber and she has an instagram page she was like she was the reason why i started baking bread and or she was the one she was the first person i was following to to bake bread from but like i was just kind of copying her not really knowing what to do and then like I, I don't even think i was doing it right but then after seeing mike and his videos and his explanation that's what really helped yeah i didn't watch this i i didn't watch the videos because i'm like
1: i gotta i gotta figure it out like i gotta do it and the first time i did it i ended up i ended up uh like tearing the dough on my last coil fold i like tore it and i was like heartbroken like oh why why because i like but like that's part of it right so now i know like and in my head i'm like i feel like i don't need to do this but i'm gonna do it and i did it and it's like it didn't work so now i know like hey if it's feeling that that way then i don't do it you know or the best tip if you ever try to do bread the best tip i ever got from I think it was in one of his stories was to do a, a bench rest with uncovered. And it was like a deep on the uncovered detail was something I completely overlooked. Cause so I was like, every time I did a bench rest, I would always cover it. So it didn't dry out. But the whole point of the bench rest is to let it dry out like the outside skin there. Mm. It helps like not stick to the Banneton and the, uh, I also find it makes it really tight when you do the shaping.
0: Ooh, it gets like
1: a little less elastic, I think.
0: Interesting. I, I got a lot of practicing to, to do, man. All right. We're getting ready to wrap up here. And you know how it goes. We're going to be asking some quick fire questions about your dough. If you can, your pizza. And then we'll wrap up with the final two questions. Sound good? Yeah,
1: sounds good. Cool.
0: What flour are you using?
1: Depends. So I... If I'm doing a long fermentation, I'll use pH milling. Uh, they have this, it's called, they call it their strong baker's flour. It's, it's pretty cheap, honestly, but it's awesome. High, high protein content. Uh, good for long fermentation. If I'm doing something shorter, like overnight. I'll use uh, Molino, Dalla Giovanna, uh, Zero Zero Flour mixed with um, uh, Robin Hood whole wheat a little bit. And maybe a little bit of that pH milling too, just to give it a little extra, extra strength.
0: Nice, cheese
1: changes all the time, all the time. Um, there's a Canadian brand, I think it's pronounced Santa Lu- Santa Lucia, I think, uh, but I get it at a local Italian. There's a local Italian grocers, and they have like high quality cheeses and and tomatoes and stuff like that. So I'll often use that one. Uh, it's a fresh mozzarella. I've used Galbani low moisture mozzarella in the past as well. I really like that one. And I've also started to dabble in making my own cheese, man. It's, it's, it's tough. The flavor is good. I've been, been working on that. It's hard to get it to melt the way I like it though. So I've got to, got to work at that still.
0: That I feel like would be a great poster. IG reel. I'd love to see that. Just to educate me. I don't know if it'll get a lot of views, but I'd, I'd love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i like I, I might do one i don't uh i've been using josh wiseman's recipe i don't know if you know who he YouTuber. is he's my favorite guy i think he's hilarious i love his videos he's so funny so i i've got his cookbook and stuff and it's in there i use it and i got i'm still practicing at it it's not great but like the the melt story is not great the flavor is unreal it's so it's so fresh tasting like it's it's yeah it's just incredibly
0: fresh awesome it's, it's nice cool What about uh, tomatoes? What what tomatoes are you using?
1: I usually use uh, Moody uh, Pulpa tomatoes, but I do also use sometimes um, 7-Elevens. And, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the brand name. Starts with an S. Slip in my mind. Stanislaus? Stanislaus. Yes, Stanislaus 7-Elevens. I've used them in the past. Uh, That's usually when I'm doing my coal-fired ones. But if I'm doing Neapolitan, I'll use... um, I'll use Rega, or I think it's pronounced Stryanese. Stryanese. I don't know how to pronounce it. They're both uh, DOP tomatoes.
0: What toppings do you love? I feel like I want to change this question up because it always, you know, people are always asking post bake, pre bake, how many? What's your favorite toppings?
1: So, my favorite topping, like all time favorite, uh, I just get it at the local grocery store, Safeway, there. It's it's, uh, it's called a Spanish dry chorizo sausage. Oh, it's just, it's so good. It's got like the perfect amount of, of saltiness. It's not too greasy, like hence the dry part. So it doesn't, you know, cover your pizza and grease. It gets a nice, if you cut it the right way, you'll get a nice little cup to it. It gets a good char char is nice. Cause I love that char, you know, you know, all the people telling me it's burnt, but I just love it. <laughs> it's, it's the best. I love that with, um, jalapenos and red onions i'll usually soak the red onions in the jalapenos just to get rid of excuse me get rid of the bite a little bit Uh, that's my all-time favorite and with some feta on there uh some smoked parmesan and i like parsley i love the look of it It doesn't really add anything to the taste but i love the look so i like to add it
0: oven what oven you're using
1: right now i'm using the uni Keru 16 i also have the 12 Um, but I, I love that 16 it's, it's sweet. It's, it holds temperature. Well, it's minus 20 outside right now, 20 Celsius and it, it holds the heat really well. I've been using just charcoal with it for the most part. Um, but it, it takes a little bit longer to get hot, but it maintains the temperature for a long time, which is what I'm looking for, especially when it's that cold out.
0: If you were to describe your pizza in one sentence, kind of like an elevator pitch, how would you go about doing that? Naturally
1: leaven, nice and crispy, good amount of char uh, with some salty meats and nice little bit of crunch for some fresh veggies, I guess I would say that's how I describe it Yum. that's how i Yum. that's how I like it that's
0: how I like it uh, that, that sounds great. I'm hungry now. <laughs> I know you're not in the business, but you know maybe from just an outsider's perspective or maybe just any of your observations. What's one mistake that people can avoid in the pizza business? Yeah. So
1: like you said, I'm not, uh, not really in the pizza business, but I've listened to every episode, some, (laughs) a lot of times. And, uh, like a common, common, common theme, uh, is use high quality ingredients, use the best ingredients. And that's what it seems to be, uh, that all the, all the top pizza makers that you've had on, that's, that's a common theme for them is to use the best, uh, best ingredients. So I think that would probably be, I'd probably be what I have to say. Use good quality ingredients.
0: I think that's such a great answer, especially coming from a home baker. Really, you can taste the difference for a lot of things.
1: You know, especially with like cheeses, tomatoes is a big, big thing with tomatoes. Use those high quality tomatoes. Oh, it just, it elevates the pizza so much.
0: What's crazy is like, that's usually the number one thing people tell me when they eat my pizza. Oh my gosh, your sauce is so good. And I'm like, bro, it's just 7 Eleven tomatoes.
1: <laughs> One thing I, I, I do uh, a lot is when I have people over for pizza, is I tell them to bite the crust first before they, before they actually bite into the pizza. I say, taste the dough, taste the dough first. But yeah, like before you destroy your palate with all this cheese and sauce and, and toppings, taste the dough first and let me know what you think. Yo,
0: that is so, I'm going to steal that. That is so good. I usually go second bite, uh, for dough and, but, but by then it's like, I kind of know what my dough already tastes like, but for people not knowing what it is, it's like, that is, that's, that's great. I love that.
1: It helps a lot too. When I like, I'm, I'm doing an experiment or, or a taste or something, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll taste the dough first or the crust first and see if it is too tangy. Or if it needs a little bit more tank, like just to my, my palate, obviously, but something I like to do.
0: That's perfect. Thank you for sharing. This was a fun interview. I have one final question for you. What is one thing you want to leave the audience with today? Just have fun. Like have fun when
1: you're making pizzas. Don't let anyone discourage you. Just make what you want to make, make what you want to make. Use yeast of dough, use sourdough. I like sourdough, so use sourdough if you can. (laughs) But yeah, just do you like it, make stuff that you like to make. Like I make, I use that dry Spanish chorizo. I don't know a lot, a lot more than I should. I do sauce on top cheese way more than, than anything else too. Like just have fun with it. Do make pizza you like. Have fun. That's the most
0: important part. I love that. (sighs) Thank you, brother. Thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate you making the time.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Real, uh, real honor. You know, longtime fan. So we really appreciate being on. It was fun.
0: Matt, thank you so, so much for being on the show. The information you provided today was priceless. You're part of the reason why I love this community so much. Thanks for all that you do for this community, and I can't wait to see your journey continue. To you, the listener. Oh my wow. If you enjoyed that as much as I did, please join me in reaching out to Matt and letting him know what's good dough. Links to his Instagram are in the show notes. If you wanna continue the conversation, maybe you thought to yourself during the episode, I need more information, or I wish there was someone to talk about this specific topic. I've created the Facebook Pizza Podcast discussion group. You can join that and pose any of your questions in the group, I also use that group to figure out what questions to ask future guests, so you might want to join. Links to that, you guessed it, are in the show notes. I appreciate you for being here, and I appreciate you for wanting to level up. Till next time. Peace.